Welcome back to Unsolicited Opinions. My name is Morgan, and today I am joined by the one, the only, the infamous Nigel Marcellus, kind of a local legend here in Lexington. And uh, I won't talk about him. I'll let him introduce himself, tell y'all what he does, and take it away. Wait, wait, wait. That's Cap. (laughs) I am not a local legend. I'm I'm just a regular guy out here. Um, What's up, y'all? My name is Nigel Marcellus. I'm currently a PhD student at the University of Kentucky studying communication, and y'all, I'm so excited to be here. Like, the minute you asked me, I was like, I'm down. Yeah. I think, like, the hardest thing was the schedules. Schedule. Um, grad school, I don't know if y'all listen. The listeners know, but grad school is highly ghetto. Highly ghetto. Um, it, it's difficult. It's tough. And, you know, sometimes you have papers and you think you'll be done sooner. And you don't. <laughs> I told myself I was going to be done. Yeah. And, brother, I was not done. When so. you hit me up and said, can we reschedule? I said, yes. I yo. Know. <laughs> yes, we can. Because I was really like, do I have the time? Oh, man. I was, in, yo, I was in the same space. I was like, oh, man. And what's crazy is like I was talking to one of my homeboys. And I was like, bro, like I really want to do this podcast. But it's like, bro, I can't. Like, I this, can't. this paper is killing yeah. me right now. Yeah. So I'm, I'm happy. Because sometimes like when you try to reschedule things, it doesn't work out. So thank you for I flexibility, bro. Yeah, I was like, my friends are like, don't you have this paper due coming up? And I'm like, I, I definitely do. But don't you have a podcast? Yep. But mm-hmm. when I make a commitment, I was like, I know you're busy. So I both both of us have a busy schedule. So I try to prioritize our time. And I was like, I really wish we could just move yeah. this back. So you hit me up. I said, thank you, Jesus. Because <laughs> I've been pushing off that paper. Procrastination is different on, man. in grad school. Procrastination is different. I think that's my middle name for real. Nigel Procrastination. Oh, wow. That's, that's nice. Uh, we might be related to it. Yo, listen. <laughs> If if you're in school right now, don't don't be like us. Uh, Do don't not. procrastinate. Mm-hmm. Get your work done. Yeah, get it set. ahead of time. Ahead of Damn. time, not a day before, but like <laughs> a couple days before. Yeah, I turned in my paper at like twelve at midnight, and then I had to record a presentation, and I rec- turned that in at like four a.m. in the morning. Oh my god! So if my if my professor's listening, sorry, bro. Apologize. He did what he could. Still give me an A though. Right. <laughs> a for effort. <laughs> So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? So you're in grad school, but what did you do in undergrad? Yeah, for sure. What are you sure. studying? So I am from Malden, Massachusetts, like outside of Boston. Undergrad, I went to University of Kentucky because, you know, growing up and around the Boston area, I was just ready to go see more. Yeah. Um, I wanted to go to California. My mom wasn't having that. So my mom's originally <laughs> from Kentucky. Furthest I could go was um, Lexington. So went to U- University of Kentucky, studied communication. Um, I had this like really, I-, I call it unnormal or it-, it just wasn't like a typical college experience. I started an organization and the organization kind of took off and I was able to like really network and meet so many amazing people. From graduating, I went straight to my... Yeah, you can plug the name in there. It's okay. Okay, you Undergrad put, Perspective. There you shout, go. Shout out to UGP. It's a pretty, it's a pretty big organization. Yeah, and it's what's awesome. crazy is like it's still on campus to this day. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, it's just a lot of love. That's amazing. Um, so went through that. Once I finished undergrad, I went straight into my grad program at Boston University. Um, finished in a year. Had two degrees at 22. And then from there, it was really just learning how to navigate life after college and you know, I had a lot of road bumps. I had a lot of moments where I was definitely lost and I was questioning myself. It very reflective of my college ex- experience and the things I did well and a lot of the things that I really didn't do well to prepare for my future. And then somehow, some way, 
found my way in a PhD program, even though this was never a part of the plan. I but feel like everybody I meet says that. Yeah, man. Yo, life. Life be lifing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> life be lifing. And I think, you know, I think that's the, it's one of the hardest things to really come to terms with when it comes to life is that, like, we have expectations for ourselves and our dreams and what we want out of life. But sometimes, like, our path takes us in a completely different way. And I right. think that's, right. that's truly, like, the definition of my life. A lot of things that I've done, you know, it was never really planned. It kind of just worked out that way. Mm-hmm. And I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful. Even though sometimes I'll, I'll be lying if I told you, like, there's days where I don't feel the regret or there's days that I'm not frustrated with some of the decisions I made. But at the end of the day, like, being able to find gratitude and find peace in where you are is was so important. Very much so. And then you also do, you have your own podcast. Yes. So... I have a podcast on all major platforms. It's called Dating is Ghetto. <laughs> if you know anything. <laughs> Definitely check it out. It's good. Yeah, it's please, good. Please check it out, it makes man. Makes you think. Especially if you're single or if you're in a relationship. It really don't matter where you're at. Just understand dating is ghetto. It's a struggle out here. You know what I'm saying? It's a young bachelor. <laughs> uh, ladies, if you're listening, I'm single. Uh DMs yeah, open. he had this post for Thanksgiving, <laughs> and he called it like the boyfriend packages or something like that. Like, yeah, the, yeah. So this man is serious. Listen, ladies, uh, <laughs> my my Christmas package is going to drop soon. But for Thanksgiving, I was oh my, I, I put out a, a package where you could rent me for Thanksgiving. You know what I'm saying? I had different different plans. If you wanted me just for a quick plan to meet your parents, you know, act like your boyfriend. That's too cool. If you wanted me to propose, that was the highest plan diamond package you know what i'm saying you could have hollered at me and oh i would have proposed in front of your parents gave you a quick kiss you know what i'm saying made it look how real. much was the highest package for 100 dollars. 100 bucks 400 plus shipping like transportation yeah, included? Okay. yeah. Okay. So, you know what i'm saying <laughs> gotta gotta market yourself man. oh my goodness gracious <laughs> <laughs> well that's cool and uh for those that don't know i don't know if this is the right word to to describe it but to me you're kind of like a philanthropist in a way or you do a lot of public talks mm-hmm. and uh, informing people and giving back to the community. I don't know what you want to call that, but I remember when you came and spoke with Manners at UK. Yeah. And uh, you shared with us a little bit about your dream of like, you know, one day I will be, I think you said on the Oprah show. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So I, one thing that's like really important to me is just giving back. I think I had throughout my life, I had a lot of people pouring to me when they didn't really have to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just, you know, the family I come from, my family's really giving. They're really big on supporting the community. Like, they're the type of family that I remember when I was younger, like, for Thanksgiving, um, they made sure everybody was fed. And there would right. be times where right. we would have, they would cook too much food within the house, but they would make plates and give it to, like, random strangers mm-hmm. or people who lived in my grandmother's building who necessarily couldn't afford or be around family. So just giving back has always been important to me, speaking to different people, um, mentorship, right. because I think, again, for me in undergrad, I had moments where nobody really guided me and yeah. I had to figure out things myself. So whenever I can pour back into other people, I try to. So being able to speak at Manners was honestly a blessing, mm-hmm. um, a, an amazing opportunity that I'm so thankful for. And yeah, when I was on there, I definitely was telling people like my, my ultimate dream is to be a talk show host. Okay. Whether it's daytime, late okay. night TV, whatever it is, I would love to be a talk show host and then eventually, you know, follow that kind of Oprah path of production companies, books, movies, you know what I'm saying, doing a little bit of everything. But I'm, I'm big on just, you know, sharing your dreams, sharing your visions, yeah. even if they sound unrealistic, even if they sound crazy. I think sometimes, you know, you need that, if not for 
other people, but for yourself, so you could really definitely, you know, believe in you. So, yeah. I uh, remember I, when I first heard you uh, say that, I was like, you know, I've never heard anybody say something. It's almost like, oh, I want to go to the moon back in the day when that was like a big deal. And mm-hmm. it's like, well, we've done that. And it's like, no, he wants to be on the Oprah show. Like, that's a real thing and have his own talk show. It seems super ambitious. But I was like, no, nah, like he said it. He's going to put his mind to it. He can actually do it. And yeah. it's, it made me really rethink um, maybe how I limit myself in my dreams. You know, mm-hmm. like, oh, no, you really can attain what you want. And it might not be immediate. But like you said, that's my ultimate goal one day and it will happen. And I, you've posted that. Like you put that on oh, some yeah. of your stuff. Like Always. I will be on Oprah, like blah, blah, blah. And I was like, that's cool. Like you're yeah. trying to manifest as best as you can. I will definitely be interviewed by Oprah. I will definitely have my own talk show. Right. I will definitely be in a movie. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of things. <laughs> and like I know like people listen and they're like, why? Like what, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, okay. And I mean like, you know, rightfully so. Because I think a lot of people project their own feelings towards themselves on other people but i think also too like sometimes you you really need that pick me up for yourself yeah because you gotta be your biggest fan you have to be your biggest fan and i think especially when you're navigating life it's it's so easy not to root for yourself right it's so to your point like it's easy to limit the things that you can do especially when you're going through a low time and i remember especially during that time when i was speaking to y'all like I was going through it. Yeah. I'm like, I'm close to losing my job. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have really no reason to believe that I can do it. But, you know, you got to sometimes you just got to say some the things that you believe in and things that you want to happen. Yeah. So you can like work up and get to that point. Especially I feel like in the black community and maybe more specifically for black men, you know, we're starting to now see ourselves in different areas like, oh, mm-hmm. a black man did this, a black man did this. You know, we had a black president. That's amazing. But, you know, you have to try to picture yourself in places where you haven't even seen yourself before. And mm-hmm. I think that can be tricky and sometimes discouraging. Like, you know, even growing up, people are like, oh, no, you know, you got to do sports to get a scholarship and then yeah. go to college and do this. And it's like, no, you can do something different. And just because it hasn't been done before doesn't mean it can't happen. So I appreciate that you said, you know, you got to support yourself and be your biggest fan. Because sometimes it's only you. Yeah. So if you're not going to do it. Someone else might not see that. And not even just that. Like, it's not even just only you. Only you. Sometimes it's literally you versus you. Versus right? you, like, right. Yeah. Sometimes you're not even your biggest fan. Yep. And there's parts of you, the the parts that we don't often talk about in conversations, that you doubt yourself and mm-hmm. you don't believe in yourself and you don't feel like you belong. And, you you know, you have all these things that when you look around, the people around you don't, they don't say any of these things. They don't say you right. can't do it. But right. it's, it's mostly... You versus you. And yeah. I think sometimes you have to really be an intentional with yourself, being able to combat yourself. Right. right. And I think those moments, my my lowest moments, a lot of times it's, it's me versus me. Yeah. And being able to just remind myself like, no, yeah, you might have thought that, but you don't have to believe in that thought. Like that thought is just a passing yep. idea that's going through your don't mind. Don't let it stay. Yeah. You don't have to let it stay. You don't have to entertain it. You don't mm-hmm. have to do anything but let it go. Um, and now fill it fill it with something better and i think that's something i i try to practice as much as i can especially in a phd program oh yeah God. most definitely i know so i came to the patterson school of diplomacy really through a series of different events mm-hmm. um i interned in dc at the capitol um that's dope it was dope it was a dope experience wouldn't do it again but dope experience <laughs> i was up there in uh the fall of 2019 so that's when a lot of stuff was going down and mm-hmm. it was like impeachment elijah cummings died yeah. There was a lot going on in D.C., um, but I kept meeting people 
through various UK alumni events that mm-hmm. went to the Patterson School. And they're like, oh, you'd be a perfect candidate. You should go. You should go. Once I would tell them my dreams and all these things. And they're like, you should apply. And I was like, mm, more school. That sounds ghetto it sounds like <laughs> i don't want to do that yeah and it sounded like a really cool program but at the time i was like i don't really think i'm fit for it mostly because i kept seeing people who didn't look like me or people yeah. who didn't have my similar background i was like i'm only here by the grace of god like i'd take out loans just to come here and keep up mm-hmm. with y'all like i'm trying to get on your level but uh no one knew Kobe was going to come but you know that next semester i came back and finished my senior year kind of half online half in person then mm-hmm. COVID hit so i worked with the guard full-time to help at different COVID sites. Mm -hmm. So I was doing that in different spots in Kentucky. And I remember I had briefly Zoom called the director of the program just to ask her about it. Like I went to an info session and I was just like, let me just peep and see what everybody's talking about. And I met with them and I was like, wow, everybody in the Zoom session is really smart. Like they're all from these really Ivy League schools. Like I don't don't think I really fit in, but uh, it was cool talking to her. And I remember just briefly sharing with her my name and what I wanted to do. And then application time came around and she emailed me and she's like, where's your application? Mm. And I was like, I, I hikey wasn't going to apply, to be honest with you. I just didn't think I was good enough in a way, to be honest and transparent, yeah. you know. And um, she was like, no, I'm like waiting on your application. And I was like, OK. So I applied and, you know, I got in and I got mm. blessed to get a scholarship to, to go. But I was just like, I was my own critic. Yeah. Like the people, everyone around me was saying you should apply we see their qualification. I was like, why can't I see that myself? And here I am, you know, just like you're in your PhD program. It's not necessarily what you had planned, but we're definitely capable of doing it. Absolutely. You feel me? So there's one incredible, like incredible. incredible. Yo, there, you. There's so much power in what you just said, because I think for one, it affirms something that I'm realizing. It's one, it's not, it's becoming no longer who you know, what you know, mm-hmm. who knows you? That That is what it's becoming. Who knows you? Like networking and stuff Networking like that. wise. And I think you set yourself up in a great position in order of, by talking to the director, because all of us have a light about us that we don't recognize, right? Yeah. And I think to your point, like we, we often don't know what we're capable of until we do it and surprise ourselves. Right. And I think a lot of what we go through in life is putting ourselves in these uncomfortable positions feeling like we're not good enough, finding out that we surprisingly are good enough, right? and then completely surprising ourselves and growing and being like, wow. Wow. I didn't know I was capable of this, right? Yeah. So you met with this, the director, had a conversation. Whatever you said in that room stuck with her. Right. Enough for her to remember you. Or mm-hmm. him. Is it her? Him? Her. Her. Mm-hmm. To remember you. For her to reach back out to you and say, like, we want you. Right. You bring value we want you right for you to find it inside yourself to say you know what i'm going to apply for this Mm -hmm. regardless of how i'm feeling despite me feeling like an imposter despite me feeling like i'm not good enough despite all this adversity to apply and then get in like i think that is the definition of like one not even just resilience but it's like the power that we have that we don't even recognize we we recognize have. Like, it. we're all so powerful, but we don't understand how much we're capable of. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, on a daily basis, we're we're constantly comparing ourselves to other people. Comparison. We're often looking at what other people are doing or who's in the room. Not even recognizing, like, you might have been on that Zoom call with every person. And, like, 95% of the people 
on the Zoom call feel the same way. Right. Feel like they're not good enough. Feel like we're right. not. Un- they're not deserving. But we don't see that. It's it's crazy. Like we always see the best in other people and see less in ourselves. Yeah, it was. Like, when I got the email of, like, oh, you've been accepted, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. When I tell you, it was, like, a moment I had to have with myself, with God. Like, I was at work, and I, like, asked my commander, can I, can I just, like, go to my car for, like, five seconds? <laughs> I had to have a whole moment. It was a really, I was so thankful and also humbled, but it was also, like, God was, like, didn't I tell you I got you? Like, didn't I tell you how valuable you are? Didn't mm-hmm. I tell you, like, how I created you? And it was just one of those things where it's, like, almost how dare I disrespect myself like Mm -hmm. i don't think i'm good enough like if i wasn't worthy enough i wouldn't even be here you know yeah and uh something i forget who someone had told me a long time ago you know you never see what you actually look like you always only see a reflection of yourself because we only see the mirror Mm. so we never like you said people see a light in us that we might not ever quite get to see yeah because we only see our reflection and it was one of those really affirming things of like you're, you're doing the right thing you're on the right path and you know god's got you and it's okay and it was it was a really humbling and exciting experience. And uh, now I'm out here. You know, I just finished my first semester of grad school. Congrats. You know? Thank Dad. you. It was a rough. It was listen. Listen. It listen, was rough. Man. But, you know, I felt more okay than I thought I would. I was in the classroom, and I felt like, yeah, I should be here. How would you celebrate? Finishing. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I, I just got back from Vegas last week. Hey. <laughs> Listen. Me, me and my friend went to Vegas, and we just we had a good time. I didn't do anything crazy. I didn't lose a ton of money hey, or anything. Hey, but brother, it's your business. What happens in Vegas stays, stays in Vegas, Vegas brother. <laughs> <laughs> you, you ain't got to tell the listeners now. <laughs> no, but, man, I think that's one congratulations because grad school is a different animal. It's a different beast. And being able to finish a semester is an amazing accomplishment that right. I think a lot of people don't necessarily celebrate because we have this expectation that we're supposed to do that. Right. You're not supposed to do anything. Like you do what you right. want to do and you're you're absolutely doing it. So I'm glad you was able to set, celebrate that small victory because I think especially as black people, we don't take the time to celebrate our small victories because we we're so focused on the bigger picture. We don't. So, one 100% congratulations. Thank you. Man. That is it's nice it's like i know i can i can do this yeah so like i can get to the next semester and then i have that same feeling again all right now i can finish the last one and graduate it's not Mm -hmm. always i gotta get to graduation it's like let me take little step by steps and uh that's kind of what the topic of this podcast is it's called minding the gap and just i wanted to talk about appreciating the space that you're in whether that's a transition period Mm -hmm. whether that's you moving back home whether that's you starting a new job moving somewhere new for us you know being back in school appreciating the space that we're in so you're in your phd program i don't recall did you say is this like your second year or is yeah this, second year it's your second year how much longer do you have it's a four-year program four-year program, four-year program. okay <laughs> so you're kind of in the middle you finished undergrad you know you're mm-hmm. a grown man and you know how do you feel being in this space that you're in like what have been some of the challenges of like oh i'm not done yet but i'm almost there and mm-hmm. like i know you have these lofty goals that are up there and you're I think that they're totally attainable, mm-hmm. but sometimes you ever feel like I'm just not quite there yet and how to not get stuck in that space. Mm-hmm. So everything, everything, all the above, D, right? The above. So <laughs> for one, I think one to answer your question, like what's the biggest challenge? I think the biggest challenge is one, knowing this is not what I want to do, right? Like, mm-hmm. I often tell people I'm not in a PhD program because I wanted to. I'm in a PhD program because of circumstances. Circumstances being, I was at a place in my life. um, I pretty much 
left my job before my the job was about to be absorbed into another part of the organization I was working for. Okay. So basically they were going to lay off anybody early. So oh, wow. like I I left before that happened and I moved back home. I was 24 when I moved back home. No job, living at my parents' place. I mean like I probably had $300 to my name if that. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm watching my friends who I love travel the world with each other and I'm unable to do that, right? I'm I'm watching people who I care about doing a lot of these amazing things that I'm not able to do because my financial situation, right. because I don't have a job. And then I'm I'm looking back and I'm reflecting on my undergrad experience and my graduate experience and I'm recognizing that during undergrad I, I treated undergrad for school. I didn't treat it for preparing myself myself for the future. So what I mean by that is I went through the motion of school. So freshman, sophomore, junior year, it's go to class, get the grade. And then when I have free time, I'm working on my student organization. Mm-hmm. And I'm not taking the time to think about my future until my senior year when it's like, oh, so what's next for you? So my my you. scapegoat wasn't. Let me let me figure out what I want to do for my future. Mm-hmm. My my scapegoat is let me go back to school because then I can just fulfill you know, it's it's just what I'm supposed to do. Right. Right. So I just signed up for a PhD or not a PhD program, a master's program mm-hmm. with the assumption of like, oh yeah, like my mentality for my master's and my undergrad program was like things are gonna work out. Yeah. Like, just keep oh, doing school. Just keep doing Everything school. Everything will line up. Everything's going to line up. Mm-hmm. I, I've always been like a creative, go with the flow person. Like everything Same. is just going to work out for me. And essentially, yes, it did, but it, it didn't in the way that I needed it to, right? right? That right. it, it could have been. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't take time to really think about my future and what I wanted to do. Like I had, I've always been the guy with big dreams and big aspirations and who want to do all these big things, but I was never realistic in how I'm going to get there. How am I setting myself up? Creating like a timeline and a plan. Creating a plan, creating, building a strong resume or a strong portfolio or getting my foot in the door, like really taking internships serious. Everything I treat almost like school. It's like, okay, let me get this grade. I get the grade. Then it's on to the next. Yeah. So when I was living at home, no job, 24 years old, seeing people do all these amazing things and accomplishing all these things and traveling and I'm unable to do that and I'm then you know you got everybody in their mama who cares about you and mm-hmm. this isn't a bad thing but this is how it feels um asking you so what are you doing uh do you need help looking for a job well you should just take this job or any you know what I'm saying you have people throwing things out it's you get into this kind of dark space as far as like I, I just don't know what I'm doing. I'm lost. And it's um, like it's nice that they're trying to help. It's yeah, they appreciate, it's, but it's also kind of hurting you in a way it's, too. It's hurting because it's like the people when when you're down bad, especially like when you don't have a job, the automatic assumption is you or not even the assumption. The expectation is you find a job, and whatever job you find, you should take you should just take because it because you're lucky to even have a job. And although there's a lot of truth in that. There's also what people fail to understand is that like people still are people. So people still have aspirations. There's still things that people want to do. There's still dreams right. that they want to achieve. And there's things that you might be offering a job that in your mind speaks 
um, volumes and looks perfect to you, but to that person, if they don't feel like they can fit in that, then it's already, what am I doing? And I'm yeah. one of those pe- people who are really big on like, whatever I do, I want to be happy. Whatever I do, I want to make sure- Do what like, you love. I want to do what I love. I don't want to work a job that I absolutely hate. And part of that's unrealistic. And sometimes you have to do that. But it was just, it was just a hard time of like really figuring it out. Right. So pandemic hit, the world slowed down. And it gave me a moment where nobody was necessarily asking me what I'm doing. Mm. What's my job? What's the career? Because all of us are in the same boat. We don't know. So I was able to take the pandemic to really just get space for myself, um, reflect, breathe. And I think that was the biggest. I was, I was able to breathe and like. Yeah. Relax, take a break. Relax, take a break. And, and I didn't feel this weighing pressure of everybody asking me what I'm going to do because we're all in this situation. So I had a mentor who was basically like, you know, you got options. Your option is you can get a job you don't like. You know, you're going to be miserable. You could apply to grad school, to a PhD program, and learn how to navigate the PhD program and try to use that to better set yourself up. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you can just be in the same boat that you're in. So I wanted to apply to film school. Because of the pandemic, the lady I talked to at film school, she was like, if you apply, you might get in, but... Or she was like, you'll get in, but you're going to have to pay 80000 out of pocket huh yeah and i was like i, I don't have that money so eighty thousand. in my mind i was like the only way i'm going to a phd program is if it's a full ride only Th- way same the only way i'm going is if it's free i'm not paying out of pocket i had that same taco guy i was like i'll go but if yeah. i need to go it will be paid it for has it paid has to be and i got into two schools one school did not offer any funding and then uk offered a full ride right and, and i'm here but again like I'm here because of circumstances. I'm not here because mm-hmm. it was like, oh, I'm my dream is to get a doctorate degree. Even with me being here, one of the challenges the the program sets people up to be professors. I don't want to be a professor. Right. I want to go into industry, right? right? So like mm-hmm. it is it's a lot of challenges and it's a lot of like having to navigate and have having to try to set myself up for the future. But I, I would say, like, the biggest challenge is, like, being in these positions where, like, you often don't want to be mm-hmm. where you currently are. But then what? Like, what do you do with that? And that's where I'm definitely learning how to navigate and um, make work for myself. I completely... I want to go back to your point of, like, I need it paid for. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you've taken out, especially me, like, I'm an out-of-state student, and uh, I've had some help by the grace of God from the military, but when you've taken out loans already as it is, and, mm-hmm. you know, I come from a single parent household and, you know, already have bills established and mm-hmm. other loans taken out for other things. And it's one of those things where it's like, I don't want to accumulate any more debt because I'm going to be so fixated on that. I am not going to be able to focus on this program. Yeah. And I had spoke with other graduate students and even PhD students who are like, you know, it's great to have the education, but it's going to be more beneficial if you can get it paid for. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, I, I got to I gotta get it paid for, God. Like, if it's for me, it'll have some type of funding attached to it. And he took care of that. Shout out low-key to UK, because they always seem to come through with some type of funding. Other schools do not be UK doing got it. Bread, bro. I, I don't know what it is, but UK appreciate got it. <laughs> <laughs> I got breath. And then to your other <laughs> point, it's just like, I 
also understand that um, feeling of just kind of being stuck and you're not quite quite where you're at. Even Mm -hmm. when I did the internship, after doing that internship, I was like, dag, I really thought this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to work for a politician, become like a campaign manager, and then like eventually run one day run for office. And then after being in that environment, I said, this is not for me. Yeah. You know, like I originally liked politics, but the way everything is going in the world, it just didn't seem like it was going to be fruitful and beneficial for my mental health. So I was like, what do I do? Like, this is my senior year. Mm-hmm. And everyone's always like, you're going to be the politician. You're going to be the family lawyer. You're going to be this. And then and I'm sitting here like, I don't know if I want to do that yeah. anymore. And being there positioned me to expand. And then the pandemic hit. So I really had time and me working at the guard. Like that was a job. And, you know, I'm committed to my commitment to the guard, but I, uh, it wasn't what I, my heart was at, you know, but it gave me that, that space. Like you said, you had to just think and to sit and relax and be like, where do I want to take myself? You know, I finished my senior year online and then I started to really think about stuff that gave me passion, which was traveling and helping people, um, around the world, immigration and kind of led me towards my program in diplomacy. Mm-hmm. So I needed that space to kind of sit and refocus, but it was kind of disheartening of like, I've really spent all this time focused on this one thing and now everyone's kind of like waiting for me to do that thing but i'm not there yet i'm yeah. just kind of riding out i was like my excuse was oh i'm in the guard you know I've gotta serve the state of kentucky right now but mm-hmm. really i was like i'm kind of not happy with the fact that i didn't have something lined up after undergrad i didn't have the internship that got me a job i yeah, didn't have sure. all these things i'm like you i'm watching my friends you know buy houses get married yep. or married 23 22 married. having kids i don't necessarily kids. not really envious of the kid part but i it's still is one of those things like i want to be making these big adult yeah. steps and i felt like i wasn't there yet and here we are you know sometime god redirects us in places we need to be just like mm-hmm. you said i ended up in grad school i ended up in the phd program it is what it is and um and i want to highlight something that you said like Again, comparison, right? We're looking at right. other people's lives mm-hmm. and then basing our life's value and worth off what other people are doing. And right. I think that's that's one of those things that's like you really have to be able to recognize when mm-hmm. it's like your life is on a different path. And I think that's one yes. thing I had to do for myself is recognize one, not only is my life on a different path, but there's no true arrival. Right, you don't ever. There is no arrival date. You don't ever Mm-mm. get there, Mm-mm. right? Like I got into a PhD program, and I'm like, oh, I'm in a PhD program, but then now you're in a PhD program, so mm-hmm. now you got to go through the, the motions, yeah, the motions of the program. So it's like we always say we want to get here and we want to get to this place, just to get there and realize like the grass isn't always green on the other side. But like there's, there's yep. truly no, mm-hmm. there's no arrival. It's only the journey and the journey continues and continues and continues. And I think once I started to like recognize that for myself, I started to give myself a lot of grace for the timeline I had in my head. Like I got rid of the timeline of when I want things done and when it should be done, but also to just giving myself that space to just say, you know what? Like, you can want everything out of life, but what you have to be able to do is recognize where you are right now. Right now. Because the only thing you have guaranteed is right now. You don't have yesterday. You don't have tomorrow. You have this moment right now. And how are you spending that moment? Are you spending that moment focused on tomorrow or a year from now or that one job or that one? Like, are you focused on that? Are you focused on that past? Of like what you could have done or should have done, or are you focused on right now and just making sure that this moment for yourself is like 
the very best moment it can be. And I think that's one thing that like really helped. And then also just understanding that like your conviction and your convenience aren't on the same block. Like you have oh. to be uncomfortable mm-hmm. in order to grow. And that's where that's how you grow. Yep. So it's like if you want to be live in convenience and make everything work for you and it's all easy, you're you're not going to get to those spaces and places you want to be. Like that's all fine and dandy, but are you going to feel fulfilled? Exactly. You know. And I think you in order to feel fulfilled, you you have to be uncomfortable. And I think when you recognize that uncomfortable part of life, is really a part of the journey and it's where a lot of the beauty and the struggle the beauty of yourself comes out of right then you're you're better able to embrace that along the way and i think that's one thing i wish i did when i was younger like i would be so stressed about the future that i didn't enjoy where i was at regardless if i was absolutely broke with no money if i had all my friends with me i didn't have friends if i was heartbroken whatever i was going through i wish i embraced it yeah like fully embraced it appreciating the space that you're in mm-hmm. you know and i think there's a purpose in everything and and to your further point about comparison there was uh, an instagram post a friend of mine made and i forget exactly what it said but it was like what if happiness isn't the next place it's where you are right now mm-hmm. and it's like oh we're always like oh when i get that car when i get that dream job and when i graduate and when I get this house, then I'll be happy. Then I have that white picket fence, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like your happiness really, truthfully, is dictated by you. And you can be happy with where you are right now. It might not be perfect, yeah. but you can create your own happiness within where you are. Even if you're at home, you're not paying bills. You got food on your plate. Mm-hmm. You're in a loving, safe space. You know, take the advantage of each space that you're in. Like we're back in school. We're kind of having to reset from oh, I'm done with something to I'm restarting something. And that can kind of be a different headspace. Because for me, I was like, I'm used to making some money and, you know, just coming home when I want, no homework, watching Naruto. That's how I finished all of Naruto. Let's go. It was real nice. But now it's like, oh, no, I have to make time to study. Yeah. I have to remind myself what it's like to be a student. And it can be very humbling because I'm the same way. I'm like, you know, I'm 24 and I was like, I know I'm supposed to be done with this. I'm supposed to be on Mm. to the next thing. You know, I should be up in D.C. And now I'm like, well, I'm in school. It's where I'm at. I appreciate that I'm making new friendships and new uh, relationships and partnerships. And I need to just appreciate that where I am right now is maybe it's not a forever thing, yeah. but I'm blessed to be here. Like I had one day, someone has dreamed of being exactly where I am right now. Mm-hmm. And just appreciating that this is where I am and I can't compare myself to other people. I, I genuinely can't. Because like you said, it's everyone has their own path. Like if we all had the same one-way ticket, the mm-hmm. same exact path, like... I think life would be kind of boring. Oh, for sure. And I want to just highlight something because there's, I think what a lot of people do is like when we talk about like appreciation and gratitude, we don't, we talk of it, we talk about it in such like a surface level way where a lot of people feel as if when I say like embrace where you're at, I don't mean force the positive, right? Like I think when we say like appreciate it, people take that and, and feel like, oh, I'm supposed to be thankful that I'm in this bad place. I'm supposed to be thankful that I'm depressed. I'm supposed to be thankful for all this negativity that's in my life. And mm-hmm. that's, I think like when I say embrace it, I don't mean force the positivity. I don't right. mean force making it better. Like if you're in a terrible situation, you're in a terrible situation. Yeah. And that is real. That's rough. That is real. That is rough. And I get it. When I say embrace it, I mean feel it. Like, allow yourself oh. to feel how you feel in that moment. Give yourself the space to 
and continue to move. Feel it. Mm -hmm. Because the only way to get through it is by feeling it. Feeling it through. Yep. But also at the same time, embracing it also means understand that this is a small part in a larger picture. Yep. So it's like, you can feel sad. You can be down. And it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to be down bad. Like, I was, when I didn't have a job, I was down bad. Yeah. When I was living at home, I was down bad. You mm-hmm. could say, yes, your family's there. You have food. You have all these things. But I was mentally in a bad place. Right. But I think the one thing that helped me is, one, I gave myself that space and the grace to feel how I was feeling mm-hmm. and understand for myself that, like, I have to heal from this. Yeah. And my healing process might take some time, but I'm embracing this struggle because I know one day me being able to speak about it mm-hmm. is going to connect with somebody going through the same thing. Exactly. And they'll find some peace or they might feel like they're not alone or they'll feel that, you know, or somebody who hasn't been through it will know like, okay, well, if he went through it, maybe I could get through it. It's like, it's right. just being able to embrace. Like you needed to be, maybe you needed to be home and be in that space, yeah. be in that safe space to feel because to allow yourself to feel how you feel yeah because those moments you never know like how those moments have saved you you don't understand how those moments might have helped shaped you into the person you are how those moments connected you with somebody in the future like i think sometimes we get so caught up again to what we have going on right and what where we're at that's sometimes you just really need to like grace and humble yourself yeah and just be patient because i think things do work out but you can't force it. You and it's can't. not always how we picture it. It's n- What's working out for us might not be never, what's working out never how, for God. Never, you feel me? <laughs> never how you picture it. You're like, all right, God, I'm ready. Let me never. just escalate. And he's like, here's a camera. And you're like, never. what happened, God? Like, that's not what I pictured. Never um, how you picture it. But that's what you need to get to the next space. And sometimes I have to allow myself to realize I might think I'm ready for mm-hmm. that great government job. I might think I'm ready for, for that house. And then I'm like, but maybe I'm not because mm-hmm. if I was supposed to, I would be there and it's not up to me to determine what I'm ready for necessarily. Like I have to show the commitment. I have to show the maturation. I have to actually be ready and I might think I'm ready, but it's like, oh, really? I'm not. You know, if I can't even bring myself to start this paper, how am I going to bring myself to buy a house and start real estate and do something like that see i think the thing with that though is it's circumstance right like you you never know what you're ready for until you have to do it or until you're pressured to do it but i think is it's being able just to understand that like what you think it is is not what it's going to be right period no matter what it is like you might think you're going to absolutely rock out this paper and then you get to the paper you realize like oh this is a lot more difficult than what it is right or there might be moments where you're like, I'm about to fail this test. Man. And then you end up passing the test with the A, right? It's like you, what we think it is, no matter how much we prepare, no matter how much we pray for it, no matter how much we we think it's going to be what it is, it oftentimes isn't. It is not. And you just have to be okay you with that. You have to be okay with it. And you have to be able to embrace that. And you have to be able to say like, Whatever I am given, I am going to make the most of. I'm going to make the most of it, regardless of what it is. Good times, bad times, highs, lows, great job, bad job, terrible. Wherever you are, you have to you have to be able to maximize on it. I make the like, most of it. Especially in this space that I've been, I've had to balance um, 
humility and pride like at the mm -hmm. same time of like oh i've done this before so i can do it again or oh i've already got this so i can handle it this time and then i'm like oh snap um maybe i don't know how to do that and i think oh i should get an a on this paper and then come back oh maybe I, maybe i actually didn't know what i was doing and like you said sometime i think i'm gonna fail a test and i actually pass it and i'm having mm -hmm. to like reevaluate of accepting that i'm just going to keep learning yeah i have nothing mastered to be truthful like i have nothing but you know maybe breathing mastered and i'm always in the space of i just have to still learn and absorb learn and absorb mm -hmm. and it's not always a season of i can give and give sometimes i have to sit back and just take in information yeah you, you never know? you never arrive man it's, it's literally only the journey <clears throat> and in the journey is a matter of Learning, making mistakes. Yeah. Learn more, make more mistakes. Yeah. Learn even more, make even more mistakes. You know what I'm saying? Like we never, we never fully get it. And then I think when you recognize that all of us are the same way, I think that that creates compassion for not only our own journeys but other people's journeys. And understanding that, sure, it looks like Tom Holland and Zendaya. Because Spider-Man's coming out. This is popped in my mind. I'm about to see that. <clears throat> yeah, sure, like, their life looks like it's all together. Or sure, Drake looks like he has everything together. Or, like, all these people who we might look up to or we aspire to be. We think they we, got it together. We, yeah, we think they got it together. But, like, sure, maybe financially they have it together. But in this other aspect, they might not have it together. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. life is just not... The grass isn't always greener. It's not always greener. And even when people are in better situations than us, it might not be better, better, and right? Like, they might be going through it, or they might be going through a different thing. Like, we, there's so many illusions, and there's a lot of facades people put up right. to show or to make them look like they're in better positions, or they're doing well, or whatever. But sometimes, like, it's just, that doesn't matter. Yeah. What matters is your life. What matters is where you're headed. What matters is what you're doing now. And I think the more we embrace our journeys, the more we recognize that, like you don't you don't ever arrive to these certain places. Like it just con continues and continues and continues, mm -hmm. and then you make the most of it. I think that's where you start to have a different movement when it comes to life. Right. You move in a way where you give yourself a little bit more grace. You give yourself more compassion, and you understand that wherever you end up. You know you're gonna make the most of it, and when you make the most of it, yep, boom, that's where the joy of life comes. That's where the memories come. That's where the love, the happiness, all the things that we we think we have to be something. You recognize right in this moment, right now, you are the most worthy, mm -hmm. and that's where the beauty of life is. When I went to Mexico, and anyone that knows me knows I'm always talking about Mexico. <laughs> but I studied abroad in Oaxaca in 2019. So right mm -hmm. before I went to D.C., I was in Mexico for two months. And um, I talk about that experience so much because I was around people. And first of all, the U.S. has a big misconception of what Mexico actually is. It's Preach. not what they say on TV. But for the most part, you know, they are still a little bit behind as far as technology and stuff like that. And um I was around a lot more people who didn't have yeah. what I associated with being normal mm -hmm. in American culture. Like not everybody had a roof on their house and everybody had a nice new car. You know, some cars are really old. Like they had some old, old cars. And, um, but I remember looking around, I was just like, why does everybody seem so happy though? Like we might have plastic silverware and basic stuff, but everyone's 
like happy and like kids are playing in the street no one's scared of a stranger no one's whatever and I remember just being in that space and I was sitting there like I had I think three or four moments where I genuinely cried mm-hmm. of just I, I feel this sense of peace and happiness even when there's not something tangible and I couldn't explain it like mm-hmm. oh I don't have people don't have houses or they don't have cars but people are together and there was just this sense of just we are thankful for life period yeah and at that moment, I was like, I'll sell my car. I don't need to finish college. <laughs> I was like, let me just stay here. You feel me? Because I, I crave that yeah. that sense of happiness. And then that one moment, I was like, yeah, I don't need a dollar amount in my bank account. I'm not concerned with getting to some type of status like we mentioned at the beginning. Like, mm-hmm. I just want to feel happy and passionate about what I do. And I was like, even if I'm here just like mopping floors or waiting tables, I was like, I want to appreciate where i'm at and as long as i'm feeling some sense of peace and or even if it means i got to go somewhere else i just appreciate whenever i can be in spaces where i'm just existing yeah like you said whether you got three thousand dollars thirty thousand dollars three hundred like that didn't matter in that moment mm-hmm. i was just happy and i've had to try to allow myself in different spaces even today to just be like i'm just happy to even be here and be given the opportunity mm-hmm. to to learn, to, to breathe, to have friendships, to, to do different things and just be content in a way that doesn't stop me from growing. doesn't like limit where I want to keep going, but content with I'm blessed. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, I have to take little social media breaks and it's not a, Oh, I'm not posting. I have to take breaks where I don't look at anybody else's. Everyone's like, Oh, you you post stuff. Like I post that to remind myself of how thankful and where I've come from, how Mm -hmm. thankful I am for where I'm at. And to remind myself that I should be so grateful, but I got to stop myself from scrolling afterward because I'll be like, oh, snap, so-and-so did this. No, so-and-so did this. And I, I have to sometimes take a break and reevaluate where I should be putting my attention. And I think that's one of the things I was going to ask you, you know, what are some tips you have uh, as far as, you know, helping, helping yourself appreciate where you are as well as take you to where you want to be too. Like, I think you can appreciate where you are while recognizing like, all right, what, what I like to see next. So for me, I think of it like the gym. Mm-hmm. I will be doing so well. I was doing so, so well <laughs> being consistent at the gym. And then the pandemic hit yeah. and something stopped me from going to the gym that I couldn't control. Mm-hmm. And so then I had to be disciplined and just work out at home. That did not happen. I'll be honest with you. That happened like one or two days a week. <laughs> and then it just kind of blew off. And yeah. I need for me, an accountability partner. And for me, having an outside source to keep me accountable, whether that's for my grades, mm-hmm. whether that's for school, relationships, going to the gym, like I need something and someone to kind of help guide me as far as we're doing good. How can you mm-hmm. continue to grow? Um, do you have anything that has been really helpful for you in the space that you're in? Yeah, I would say one, and you hit it right on the nail, one, you, you have to do your best to know yourself as much as you can know about yourself. Like I'm we're we're constantly learning, we're constantly growing. And I think it, it gets difficult, but you have to know what you need in the moment. Right. right. Like for you, understanding that, okay, you need an accountability partner, right? Now that you know that, what do you do with it? Right. Mm-hmm. You know that about yourself. What do you do with that? You set yourself up with that accountability partner. So I think being able just to recognize what you need in those spaces. Is, is step one with the understanding that you, you might not know everything that you need until you yeah. get it. Yeah. I think number two, the biggest thing that helps me and the biggest thing I, I really try to advocate is just healing, right? I think mm-hmm. healing yourself from different traumas that you face, 
what you're going through now, the moments that have stressed you out, the moments that you you might have stepped out of character or mm-hmm. you you did not do what you were supposed to. Yeah. Just being able to give yourself that space to heal, whether that is journaling, reading, going to church, going to therapy, going venting to a friend, talking to a confidant or a mentor, like just being able to heal is so important mm-hmm. because I think we we fail to recognize how hurt we are because we're we're brought into a society where we're always supposed to be just dealing with it. Dealing with it. Just and keep tough going. And keep going and no days off and all these different things that are important in regards to like how our culture set up, but it's it's out of spite of our actual well being, right? So right, I think right. we being able to heal, take the time to like recognize what are you dealing with that you don't even recognize you're dealing with where Mm -hmm. are some of these patterns come from because a lot of things that we're facing aren't Mm -hmm. due to our situation but it's due to what it reminds us of and now our defense mechanism is creating this to try to protect us and now we're hurting Mm -hmm. even more right so number two is heal and i think number three is Man, just being aware. I think awareness is so important. Like self-awareness or self-awareness, but all at the same time, just being aware of like what's going on in the world, what's what's going on around you. What's just just being aware. And I say awareness in a broad way because I think again, you don't know what you don't know until you know it. Right. So like right. when I'm going through a lot of situations, sometimes it's me. Having to be self-aware and saying like, you know what, I, I'm, I'm going through something right now. And it's, it's bad. It's yeah. bad. Yeah. But I remember being in a position a year ago where I was going through something I didn't think I was going to get through. But I got through it. Mm-hmm. And then two years before that, I remember, you know what I'm saying? And then recognizing that pattern. Recalling, like, yeah. Oh, wait, this, this is no different. Like, I've been through a lot of different things and I mm-hmm. got through it. Now I'm now I'm here. Right. So I could get through this. Or sometimes it's being aware of like what's going on in the world as far as like I remember I used to have days when I was stressed in undergrad, right? And I was like might have failed a test or I had a big test. Something was going on and I would walk around campus and I'd be like, man, this college thing is so hard. <laughs> it is so yeah. hard. Like, I, I don't know how I'm doing it. I can't do it's it. It's not what it looks like it's on TV. It's not what it looks like on TV. <laughs> this is like, what is, this is set up. And I remember one day I was walking, because walking for me is mad therapeutic. Right. And I remember I was just thinking, like, I passed um, somebody on the street. And, like, when I was looking at that person, I was just wondering about their story. And then I just started thinking. I'm like, you know what was crazy about this? Like, the craziest thing about being in college is that I have this opportunity to be in college that some people would kill for. Literally. Like, they would kill to have this opportunity. Mm -hmm. And, like, yes, I'm stressed. But, like, I'm stressed in a position where I'm at a place where I'm trying to make my future better. Right. You know what I'm saying? And in right. that awareness of just like, wow, like I'm in a position where I'm really trying to do better for myself and mm-hmm. I'm and I'm working towards something that will eventually help me get to where I want to go. And although I might be stressed, this is still a position of opportunity where somebody else didn't get in. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Somebody, somebody would want your stress. Somebody would want that stress. Mm-hmm. And that was really humbling to be like, you know what? People would want this. Where it was like, you know what, maybe like 
yeah, I'm stressed for sure. And that's real. But at the same time, like, this is like also a blessing too. And I'm right. really, I'm, I'm thankful for this struggle that I'm going through mm-hmm. because it's going to help me get to somewhere that I want to go. And the one thing I recognize too is like with that awareness, you recognize everything that you've been through, everything that you're done, everything is leading you up to something and it's all relevant to where you are and yeah. where you're trying to go. So it's just like awareness. where you're at is needed. Yeah, where you're at is needed. So like just having that awareness of yourself, of the world, of other people's situations, I think it, it helps grow compassion within yourself to be able to give yourself compassion and give other people compassion and give yourself grace yeah. for like what you're going through. Because I could say like, yeah, sure, when I didn't have a job, I was absolutely struggling and I hated it and I was stressed and like my world felt like it was going to end, but it didn't. And because of that, now I'm able to connect to other people who don't have a job and going through that. Yep. And now I'm able to communicate to them in ways that I wasn't able to communicate because I didn't go through it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So like it's it's recognizing that your mess can become your message and just being aware that, you know, it's all it's gonna work out. And it's definitely gonna work out if you make the most of it every step. So number four would just be, you know, make the most out of whatever you got. I think what you just said, uh your mess can become your message is so so important and key because like you don't want to get advice from someone or to confine someone who hasn't necessarily been where you've been you know like if i'm struggling say it's with school or something i probably want to talk with a friend who has also been through undergrad or i'm in the master's program i want to talk with someone who's got their master's and gone past that to talk about my struggle and Mm -hmm. you going through what you're going through in whatever season it is is made to help someone else and it makes you more approachable it makes you a better communicator it makes you able to get with people on the level that they're at mm-hmm. and you can say yo i've been there it's kind of how we see our parents you know our parents are always saying oh, i've done this don't do this and we don't listen to them yeah and then we're like okay you know maybe maybe they had a point and we are creating ourselves to be somewhat like that in a way for others you know of mm-hmm oh, Nigel did this so I can do this. Or I remember when Nigel told me he went through this of like, I haven't always been where I'm at. So when we get to whatever we assume the top is supposed to be, yeah. which I think life is a continuum, we shouldn't have like an end. But if we get to that point, we can say, no, I've I've done this. Like I had this struggle. I went through this. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that that's really inspiring. And I, I always try to have that exact mindset yeah. of where I'm going through right now is needed to help somebody else. And then the last one, and I think this is like, I will die on this hill. This being like one of the most important ones, give back. And when I say give back, I mean like intentionally put yourself in a position to give back to others. Because I think what often happens is we go through things and then we wait until somebody brings it up for us to relate to somebody else Mm. versus going to intentionally Mm -hmm. set yourself up to give back, whether it's to the youth whether it's going to speak at events, whether it is trying to get on panels, or maybe it's just giving back to the local kids in your community. What Maybe it's not even giving back to kids. Maybe it's understanding, like, how can I help out a family? How can I donate? You know what I'm saying? Like, give back to the community. Pour back in some capacity. It does not have to be and money. It doesn't have to be money. It can be knowledge. It can be experience. It don't have to be at a certain time. point. It can be food. It can be, like, being able to give back. Because I think the only way that we really make a change to the world is if we experience it and then we give what we know back to other people so they don't have to go through the same thing. Or if they do go through the same thing, at least now they have the knowledge, tips, and skills, and tools to be able to go through it 
with the understanding that they're not the only one. Somebody else went through it and they were able to get through it. Because I think a lot of the things that I've been through in life, I'm not going to say could have been prevented, but it would definitely have been a lot easier to go through it knowing I wasn't the only one and somebody was able to relate to it. Having a sense of community. And having that sense of community. And I think the one thing that we as people don't often do is we don't put ourselves in the positions to give back to the people younger. And that's why we have such a disconnect with younger generations. That's why they don't like to listen to older generations because they they feel as if we're distant telling them mm-hmm. what to do rather than sharing just ideas of how they can better navigate. So right. being able to pour pour back, give back, um those those are all the ways to help better navigate life because again, regardless of what you're going through, you are not the only one. Yeah. I I think I've noticed that a little bit more. Um, At least this year, I have friends who are younger than me, you know, still in undergrad, different classifications. And, uh, you know, they've come to me for advice or they've come to me, I need a ride. Hey, can you Mm -hmm. come to this? Like, I'm going to be there. I'm going to come support you as best as I can. Like, I'm going to come show up at different things, even if it's not always convenient, because I'm, I agree with you 100%. I want to give back in some way. And, you know, there was a point in my life where I was like, I wish I had someone there. Mm-hmm. And I don't have siblings, you know, single parent. And I remember there's sometimes being moments where I'm like, I just kind of wish like I had a sense of a support system rather than just a single person, you yeah. know. And no knock on my mom. She did a phenomenal job. It's more of like, I know what it's like to wish that someone else was there with you going through it mm-hmm. and so i will always try to advocate for it like if you're in any position that's slightly even better than someone else how can i help you you yeah. need me to get your groceries you need me to pick you up from the airport like you need me to come support you at this thing like i want to do that and even if it's not someone i know like i try it's harder in grad school i will say that maybe you live on campus maybe it's a little I easier on, yeah I live on, but sure. for me it's been like a bit of a disconnect to try to be as involved as i used to be yeah because i live off campus so like when i'm home i'm home like it's not it's oh, not going like back but i want to go back and be like oh, let me go to this event and watch you know uh, this black poetry event or let mm-hmm. me go and watch this this dance concert because i want to give back even if it's just me being there that counts for somebody and i think you you hit something that's so important it's hard yeah. Right. And that's that's the rea- reality of it. Like what I say might come off as like, oh, it's easy. No, it's no. easier said than done. It no. is difficult. And Sacrifice. you have to be again, you have to be intentional in doing that. Like you have to find you have to make time for some of these things. Right. Yeah. But it's like the same thing with your life, the same thing for what you aspire to do, the same thing for like anything. Again, your conviction and your convenience are not on the same block. It's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult, but you have to be intentional and make time. You have to be able to put yourself in those positions in order to better navigate. And I think that goes for like, you're going through a bad time, good time, whatever. You have to be intentional in your goals in those moments to make the time in order to get to where you want to go, do with the things you want to do, be able to succeed in the ways you want to succeed, give back the ways you got to give back. Because, like, we're all distracted, man. Man. Social media, <laughs> TV, sports, Video games, life, family, anything. relationships. Like, you have to make time for things. And there's 24 hours in a day, and we don't all have the same 24 hours because of the resources that we're dealt with, right? Right, right. So you, you have to maximize and make sure. But it's like, for me, it's easier for me to pour back into undergrads because I live on campus. So right. it's like, You're right there. I'm surrounded by them. Mm-hmm. I started a student organization and I still help. So I'm always surrounded, surrounded mm-hmm. by them. 
Yeah. So it's easier for me to pour in and be that resource. But for other people, you just got to figure out, like, get it how you live it. Get it how you can fit in. If it's only once a month, if it's only one hour within. Do what you can. Uh, yeah, do what you can. But it's like, as long as you do what you can, that's so much more than that's what people are doing right now. Yeah. Because a lot of people aren't doing it. You know what I mean? A lot of people aren't. So. And nobody's saying, like, overextend yourself too much because oh, no. kind of like what you said, be aware. You have to have some type of self-awareness where you're like, all right, it's starting to get a little bit much. Like, you have to find some type of medium or some happy balance of I can give this, but I can't give this. I would love to, but I, I can't. And it's okay to say no. Yeah. But you should also still have some type of desire to give back because that will also pour back into you. Mm-hmm. Life be life man. Life be life and Life be life <laughs> But it's... it's I, I wish like we could wrap it up into a perfect bow and have like a legitimate answer. Like if you do this, this, and this, like it, it's never gonna be. Life that is not cut. a math equation. Yeah, it's not. It it's can't it's be. so open ended, and you have to do the best that you can to make things work. But I would say the more intentional you are, the more you're willing to heal, the more you give yourself grace. Mm-hmm. That's how you you navigate those transitions. That's how you navigate. Um, those rough times or those great times it's, it's just being able to like embrace all of it and understand that there's still so much more to life there's so many people who you haven't met yet that are going to love you in ways that you didn't even know was possible That's right possible, yeah there's going to be so many times where there are conversations you expect like i i if you told me the beginning of the year i would have this conversation with you i would be like stop it like, <laughs> you know what i mean stop it but it's like yeah because i'm open to it because you stay open and you you allow things to fall into place. Right. Conversations like these set up and now look where it's going to go. You know what I'm saying? Like you mm-hmm. just, life is so unexpected and that that's very scary, but it's also very beautiful. And it's what do you want to pay attention to? What do you want yeah. to pour into? And just being, being aware of that, right? Like just being aware of like the highs, the lows, the good, the bad and embrace it. And it's not permanent. Yeah, it's not. Nothing's ever permanent. Nothing. Well, that was really good. I, I appreciate it. No doubt, You dropped bro. a lot of knowledge on me. Come on, man. You, <laughs> man, you was spitting knowledge. Nigel, just, the one I and was, only, I y'all. Was, listen, I was just trying to match your energy. Uh-huh. You, was, you was the one spitting, brother. I'm, I'm just here. Just to, yeah. But no, I appreciate you. I appreciate you taking the time. Like you said, you know, I don't think either of us even knew if this would actually, actually happen. So mm-hmm. I appreciate you being intentional with your time and taking the time to talk oh, with no us. Doubt. So hopefully this has touched somebody. If you have anything you would like to comment or suggest or just uh, you want to reach out to nigel i don't know if you want to give like your social media yeah, information sure. so my social media is at nigel marcellus on everything n-i-g-e-l-m-a-r-c-e-l-l-u-s um i have the podcast i'm also starting to do these instagram live late night talk shows that are at 10 p.m on fridays you know just follow me if you have any questions comments i'm very approachable i love talking i love asking people questions so yeah, I appreciate you like even giving me the opportunity to come talk. Absolutely. This is definitely was a breath of fresh air. It's absolutely what I needed. And it's, it was a reminder for me to just embrace everything I got going on in my life. So right. appreciate you, bro. For real. Well, I don't know when people will be listening to this, but for us, it's uh, a week until Christmas. So Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, whatever Merry you Christmas, do. Happy Holidays. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy uh, your family, friends. In a rare case that y'all watch Spider-Man. Feel free to hit me up with your Spider-Man takes. <laughs> if you like the movie, I'm seeing it tonight. It drops oh, tonight. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. Hey, good, I'm excited. man. Well, everyone take care. Be blessed, and we will see you on our next episode.